he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. I feel like we have to sit in, in silence and just take in that call for a moment and, and mostly take in the crowd because you could barely hear Gord Miller over the absolute madness that was the crowd oh, yeah. in Halifax. Uh, I've never been in a building like that before. It was unlike anything MJ I've ever told me that it got so rock and so loud that there was dust falling from the ceiling because it was just shaking the entire place. Oh, yeah, and MJ would know that. He was very much in the rafters yes. <laughs> at that arena. Uh, but but nothing more notable than the golden goal that was scored by the guy we've got on the phone right now, Coyotes forward, World Juniors gold medalist, Dylan Gunther. Dylan, how's it going, man? You there, Dylan? Uh, maybe we'll try and get him. Uh, phone yeah, you got me? Oh, okay, we got there you, you now. There you are. How's it going? Um, good. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing pretty well. We just listened to your your golden goal. Um, I watched it maybe forty five times. I would say the the night that it was scored, not to watch the goal, but to see your hilarious celebration, non celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you yeah. saw that for the first time, though, like what went through your head? Were you like, why didn't I just throw the gloves off? What happened there? Yeah, I took a little heat from that from the guys <laughs> here too. Uh, they haven't stopped talking over the last couple of days, but uh, I don't know. Honestly, I. Uh, I just wasn't thinking. I mean, I knew I know it's overtime, obviously, and uh, I scored, and then uh, I seen Wazzy threw his gloves off, and I was like, oh, and I just forgot to, to chuck mine. <laughs> so uh, I was just so excited. I think I was a little stunned, too, that uh, that I scored that goal. So it's uh, pretty funny that uh, that's happened. Yeah, you're just focusing on trying to get into the back of the net. Everything after that is, is just bonus. So I don't blame you for not having a, a celebration in mind. Okay, so I'm remembering inside the arena after before every game they were saying if you catch a puck you have to return it to fan services and trade it in for because the pucks were microchipped or whatever the case was where right. is the puck from the golden goal did you get to keep the actual puck yeah i actually don't know um i got asked this and uh i have no idea yeah uh <laughs> did they give know. you a I, fake I, one in in replacement what would no, that I, do? That be I wouldn't I, want uh, that. <laughs> at, least, at least tell me it's the puck. But uh, no, I don't know. I kept I kept my stick and. Uh, but yeah, I I honestly didn't even think of that until I got asked that yesterday when I came back to Phoenix and I I was like yeah I I don't know. Yeah, it was a fast turnaround. You had to get right back into NHL action after returning from Halifax. We both saw that you had a little stop and chat with Sidney Crosby, a, a guy who pretty famously has a decent golden goal <laughs> Yeah, just swapping stories about being golden goal scorers or what? Yeah, I mean, he has the golden goal. I mean, he's <laughs> like a Canadian icon, you know, my favorite player growing up. And, uh, yeah, I, I came down here and I practiced and the trainers were like, you know, Pittsburgh's coming. Uh, if you want to stick around for a while, you'll, you'll get to meet uh, Crosby. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, he's a Canadian icon. I mean, everyone's hero growing up. I remember when he scored that goal, and I'll probably never forget it. So to kind of share 
you know, something I, that I guess we have in common is uh, pretty cool. So, like, how big of an adjustment was it last night, going from the World Juniors where it's guys who are, you know, your age, still a very high-level hockey, but to all of a sudden playing in the NHL again and against Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Russ, like all of these world-class players? Yeah, I mean, it is an adjustment. I think uh, one thing, because I, I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, like, what if, uh, you know, it's a lot faster than I anticipated or something, but... I think I just tried to take a little momentum that I got from there and uh, some confidence that I gained from there and just take that into the game. So uh, I thought we played well last night. I mean, we we came up short, but we had, we had some penalty trouble and whatnot. But uh, I felt pretty good back out there for the first game. That's Dylan Gunther, Canada's golden goal scorer from this year's World Juniors. Okay, so we know you got to have the stop and chat with Sidney Crosby. Did you get any other texts or, or congratulations that you weren't expecting? Who was who was the coolest person that congratulated you? Um, I mean, honestly, when uh, Paul Bissonette texted me and uh, <laughs> love it, yeah, that that was pretty cool. I I uh, I mean, watch his podcast a lot and stuff like that, so uh, that that was pretty cool. So we got an, uh, you know we got to watch Connor Bedard I guess from afar. You got to watch it from probably the closest seat, kind of right next to him uh, a lot of the time. I mean, how incredible was it to watch this kid? Because I guess you you would have played with him the year prior for a couple of games before the shutdown of last year's tournament to see his evolution and the way he dominated that game. I mean, from your vantage point on the ice, just how incredible was this kid in his tournament? Yeah, he's he's obviously a special talent. I mean, I don't think play, players like that don't roll around often. And I played with him at the under-18 and then the World Juniors last year and then this year. And Yeah, I mean, he's just continuing to get better. And I think that's a good – that's the best thing about him is how hardworking he is. And uh, he's always striving to get better. And he's also – he's a good person too. You know, he's a modest guy and uh, he's a lot of fun to be around. So – I think getting the opportunity to play with him and watch him day in and day out, uh, you know, you can always learn something from guys like that, so it's pretty special. So those canceled World Juniors that A.B. just mentioned were supposed to be in Edmonton, uh, your hometown, so that didn't end up working out there. Was the crowd in Halifax worth the wait, and have you ever played in an atmosphere like that before? Yeah, it was 100% worth the wait. Uh, I, I I didn't think it was going to be like that. I mean, it smashed my expectations. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, even in the pre-tournament games, like uh, it sold out. Everyone's on their feet in the last thirty seconds, and you know, after the game, you just look around and and you see everyone standing and cheering, and and I just think, you know, you don't get that. I think that's something that's special about the World Juniors is how the country kind of unites and everyone turns uh, into one and cheers for Canada and and to. To be a part of that and play in front of a crowd like that is, uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget those pictures in my head. The celebration after the game was the coolest part. Fans hanging over the glass. So you guys were signing autographs. Did you expect anything like that? I, I didn't, yeah. It, it was so cool. I mean, even when we'd come out uh, after the game, and we're probably there for an hour, uh, an hour, 15 minutes after the game, and there's people around our bus waiting for us to come out and the support there was just uh, was unbelievable, and we, we had so much fun. 
I'm curious. I mean, you know, you guys had a 2 nothing lead in the game, and then it ended up having to go into overtime. What was the mood like in that dressing room between OT periods? Was there somebody who kind of stood up and, and got the guys motivated, ready to go for that OT period where you guys looked to be, you know, the more dominant team? Yeah, I mean, I think we knew. It's tough. I mean, last 10 minutes of the game, they, they score a goal, and we kind of hit the panic button, and then they score another one in the, in the shift after. But, you know, once you get in that room, and we know it's three-on-three three going into overtime, it's a different game. Like, we, we didn't talk about, uh, you know, maybe the breakdowns that happened or why they scored. I think uh, we all knew that we were kind of entering a different style of play and just uh, be ready for the next shift. So I uh, a lot of the guys played the played that in the summer when they went into the three-on-three. So I think that uh, they kind of knew, and uh, yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I don't know if three on three is uh, the best for the players' way to end it, but it's definitely exciting. Yeah, it almost. Oh, you'll take it. Yeah, it wouldn't have <laughs> felt the same way if it wasn't in overtime, almost. And we could say that now, retrospectively, because you won, but right. it almost wouldn't have been the same if you just coasted to a two nothing victory over. Yeah, Chicken. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you were one of the most vocal guys after that first loss to Czechia in the opening game of the tournament. How much was that first game on your mind headed into the final? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we weren't just playing in the gold medal game. We were also playing the team that uh, that beat us in, in uh, kind of, I guess, our home opener and our first game on, on home soil when everyone's watching. So I think we had a, a little fire in us just to uh, kind of get them back for that one. I got to know. Do you think the... I mean, there was a lot, I believe, actually, was it you who said that we're not going to Michigan our way to the what finals? Right. That was me. So that what was you, which which was a, an Electra quote that kind of really stuck. And there wasn't a single Michigan attempted <laughs> from that game onward. Was there any thought in overtime about maybe if I get a chance ending this thing with a bit of a Michigan? Or was there like a legitimate M.O. from the group? Guys, we're not trying this again. I mean, I, I'm not trying that. No, I think after I say that, I'm not. You've done it though, haven't it? Like I've seen you do it in the CHL. Yeah, I, I did it. Um, I did it. Yeah, against Saskatoon. Um, I mean, we, we were up a little bit. I think uh, it wasn't really direct direct score at the Michigan. I think it just kind of that kind of play kind of leaked into our game, and I thought that we were playing a little bit too like one on one hockey and whatnot. And, I just uh, thought we had to play like a team more. So that was just kind of an example of it. But I think uh, after that game, we played a lot more like a team. And uh, I think we really came together. So it was good. We're with Golden Goal scorer Dylan Gunther of Team Canada, who's back with the Arizona Coyotes now. And we love getting the read on Mullet Arena for anyone who visits. So so what's that barn like? Yeah, it's fun. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's a younger crowd and it's fun to play. And I think it's, it's different, and we've had uh, some success at home, and I think that that's just because uh, we kind of embrace it, and and uh, it is different for the other players. It's different than playing in a different, uh, you know, a normal NHL rink. The boards are a bit more lively. It's uh, obviously smaller. The ice is, is really good because there's less people in it. So uh, I think we just kind of embrace it, and teams don't know what to expect coming in, and we've had some success, so uh, we're really enjoying it. Well, what goals would you say that you have for yourself uh, the rest of the way here with the Coyotes, Dylan? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't really, I haven't, uh, you know, I think important for me is just to take it a game at a time, like uh, something that 
that I kind of learned and matured with when I got up here is that nothing's given. I mean, in junior, if you go, you have a bad shift, you have a couple turnovers, you don't back check, like you're going out the next shift. If you do that up here, uh, you're not going out when when your turn rolls around. So I think uh, just continuing for my game to grow, continuing to play uh, an honest game and uh, trying to find some offense in that. So before we let you go, word on the street is uh, your teammate Crowville Melka did not, still hasn't congratulated you. <laughs> Last I heard, has has that changed? Is he finally congratulated you, or is he still a little bitter over uh, over the defeat? Yeah, I think uh, Veg Veg is a little bitter. Uh, <laughs> my my roommate uh, Jack, Jack McBain, he said he went up to him. Uh, I think after the game or something when they played, I, I forget who they were playing, and said. Uh, I lost in overtime, and I scored the game winner, and he just kind of uh, nodded his head. So uh, <laughs> I don't think he was too pleased with that. But, uh, you know, I'm sure soon uh, it'll be okay. But, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, – they the, the, the checks did really well, and it's uh, it's kind of like uh, the same thing with Canada. The, the other players and stuff are always rooting for them. Yeah, it really does seem like this was one of the more competitive World Junior Championships that we'd seen in a long time. I mean, as somebody who was right in the heat of the fire, did you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we played in overtime against Slovakia, too. Obviously, them and Czech are neighboring countries, and they play a similar style, and uh, they did a really good job. I mean, <clears throat> those games obviously could have went either way, and, and they played a heavy, hard kind of physical style, played fast, and uh, we're good on the four checks. So credit to them on uh, how they played, and they definitely gave us some troubles. Dylan, we really appreciate taking the time to uh, to join us today. Uh, congratulations once again on, on the golden goal and winning Canada a gold medal. The whole country, I'm sure, thanks you. And uh, good luck the rest of the way with the Yotes. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, anytime. There he goes. Dylan Gunther, Arizona Coyotes forward and the golden goal scorer for Team Canada last week at the World Junior Championships. Yeah, what a great dude. What a great tournament, AB. Was, so I feel biased because I was there and it was my first real, real World Juniors. Because yep. last year, the attempt, I was there. And then I was there in the summer and the championship game and Mason McTavish off the line kind of made us all forget that the tournament itself was a little bit lame. <laughs> Though there was a couple good upsets, like Latvia had a, had a win at that tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Czechia, again, upset the U.S. in the quarterfinals. So there were some right. good upsets, but there was like nobody in the building until the final. So it, it wasn't the same experience. And then there was this one that just happened, and it feels like the best tournament I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, Honestly, though, like from... So you were there, but like I wasn't, and, and I even had that perspective myself when the, when they scored so. and they'd sing heave away and the building would rattle with the claps and yeah. people jumping up up and down it was just unlike anything that i've ever experienced lots of leaf fans suggesting heave I've away seen, needs I've seen. to be the goal song for next season are you uh are you are you okay with that or did you hear enough of it out east well i've heard a lot of it a because of it. they, they were a lot they of goals put up an 11 spot on uh on who? Austria? Austria, yeah. uh, And it was like Nine ringing, on Germany and- <laughs> ringing in my ears after after that game. I'm sure it was ringing in everybody's ears. No, it's not the Leafs song. We're not, it's, not their, it's not their tune. It's an East Coast tune. It's a... Uh, is it a New Brunswick tune officially? It's no, Newfoundland? Um, Newfoundland. It's a Newfoundland, Newfoundland tune officially. Yeah. But, but a maritime vibe. It's not ours, guys. If... if uh, 
If St. John, if the if the, like the growlers, growlers, growlers want to use, use it, it, but not us. That would it's make not, sense. It's not for the leafies. Let the little the little baby buds down in, in the, Newfoundland. They can use it. They can use it, but yeah. not uh, not the leafies. What was your think. highlight of the ter- outside of I guess the Golden Goal, which I'm sure <sighs> would have been the highlight. But like you know, what are some things that you uh, you enjoyed from your trip out there? Well, just all the Canada games were electric, but. I was so impressed by the crowd that came to the nothing games. Like when it was Austria-Latvia relegation and I'm pulling myself out of bed to get there and there's 8,000 Halifax fans who were on their feet cheering for Austria. I I was so impressed by that whole thing. My favorite part, I don't know. You know I love the East Coast. The food out there is awesome. The people were really great. You got the Donaire? I got the Donaire. I went to Pizza Corner. I became obsessed with garlic fingers. I was sitting in my room at night ordering myself a small garlic finger. (laughs) I gotta hit the gym, is what I'll say about my time in the East Coast. I I was gonna make a joke with Gunther. He was like, I don't know, I haven't really set any goals. And I think it's because Dylan Gunther and I have the same problem. We were on not, it wasn't vacation because it's a work trip, but it's hard to be like really on the ball with New Year's resolutions and being in the hustle and the grind of things while you're kind of living in a hotel room and, and right. eating takeout and just going from hockey game to <laughs> hockey game. So I feel like I didn't really start my new year in a really new year, new Jules way. I was just like, Jules in a hotel room, thinking about hockey and eating garlic fingers. <laughs> That's how I enter 2023. I mean, I, and I think you should continue on 2023 because so, that doesn't sound horrible. So I got home and my boyfriend and I were going to order food. And I'm like, oh my God. But I want to order garlic, garlic fingers, fingers. And I found them. Bar Poet has garlic fingers and they, they're they good. They're they're not, not like the East Coast, but it's the Janaire sauce. That makes the really big, yes. that, that's the game changer. Yeah. And uh, I, it was awesome. I, there's not many places here that have like traditional... East Coast Donaire. No. Like, some places try, but it's not the same. Have you tried the stuffing poutine on the East Coast? Stuffing poutine? Apparently, that's a Halifax poutine with stuffing on it. And I was kind of... Not. I had the advantage of having... So, Kenzie Lalonde, who was our reporter on the ice, yeah. worked five years with the Mooseheads. So, she had the lay of the land in terms of the best food and what you got to eat and where gotcha. you got to go. So... Uh, I realized that I talked very little about hockey in those in those favorite moments, but it, it was incredible experience. The experience, all it's I mean that's that's some of the experience that goes around. I mean, obviously you were up front up front with. Um, well, what's, I had a front row see, look. Front row I, look. I, I Thank did. You. I, I got to see like Con Bedard, such a cool little little yeah. dude, watching him go about his business every day. He. Him and uh, Olin Zellweger, who got traded for about million, a billion pick. draft picks. Just the most insane trade I've ever seen in the WHL went down today, or yesterday, was made official. But Connor Bedard would like take 15, 15 extra minutes while everybody else was in the room getting dressed. He'd still be rolling out and running sprints back and forth. So it was cool to get a, kind of a look at him specifically do that work. Yeah. But I was, I was trying to remain in the moment and think, Okay, Julia, you've got a job to do, but also make sure that you're not... It's easy to let things just become work when you're working, but I was really making conscious effort to think, okay, this is Connor Bedard, and one day I'm going to watch him be a superstar in the OH, in the NHL, rather, so I should probably really take in this moment I have to, to watch him as a 17-year-old. When he was lighting up Germany, I texted a buddy of mine who works with the Regina Pats, and I just said, it, like, when he was putting that shot on full display in that game... I asked him, like, is this God-given talent, or, like, does this guy sit there and work on that shot? And he's like, this man shoots hundreds of pucks after practice in his own time. 
and it, it's not God given talent. Like he is, he's earned everything. And then TSN did that outstanding documentary yes. just ahead of the gold medal game, um, where you know dictating how he became what he became, and the fact that he he had broken his wrist and still was outside shooting pucks with just his left hand. And that's, I guess, how he worked on getting so much strength from the bottom hand, and that's why I'm assuming he has such a powerful shot, uh, a powerful wrister, because he just has that little extra... The release. Just that little extra oomph on his shot. Deception, everything about, like, he'll be looking one way and passing the other way. So impressive. And a nice kid, too. Not he's, He's not... Maybe his interviews made him seem a little bit hockey robot-like, because when he's in the game, he's in hockey robot mode. But he's chill, like, nice dude. Like, good time. Yeah. Not really the hockey robot well, I mean, like, you, expect. And, like, was it, uh, I think Kenzie asked him after the game, was like, you had this most outstanding term, and he's like, I don't want to talk about myself. Yeah. Like, th- this team, we as a group, one and one, it's just like, man, that's, as a, as a, a 17-year-old kid, it's, it's, Amazing that he has that perspective already, where he's just so team-driven, team mentality. And I know I felt uh, some team's going to get a stud, stud of a draft pick. I know. I was doing radio while I was in Halifax, and somebody asked me, "I'll put the question to you." So, where do you want to see him go? And I sat there, kind of dumbfounded, going through the list for a couple minutes, like Montreal possibility Arizona no please don't go to Arizona I don't want to reunite with Gunther. I guess. I guess. But no, Anaheim to me is kind of cool. Yeah, so this obviously was debated on on this show also, like throughout the course of the World Juniors. And Vancouver would be that great Vancouver, story. He's a North Van kid, grew yeah. up a massive Canucks fan. He could help change that franchise, turn that around. Chicago, obviously, with like maybe Kane and Taze yeah. going out, he could usher in that new path for that team. I'm not sold on Anaheim though. Like I don't, I don't want to see those 10:30 starts, 10 p.m. starts, and have to like. You know what would be awful? And I was just checking the the standings the other day, and no disrespect to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they're currently in 31st. If the Columbus Blue Jackets win the Bedard Bowl and Uh. end up with Connor Bedard on that team, and it's Columbus of all places. Like, I would be so upset. Yeah. No, so that can't upset. Be. That's why I feel that way about Arizona, too. Like, Connor Bedard cannot be playing at... <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't want to be a hater, but Jerry I'm Jerry Bettman is going to fix this thing, and he's going to put Bedard in Arizona. Oh, I'm well aware. And they're just going to, you know, he's going to save hockey in the desert. Yeah, I guess. It's happen. I guess. I, I'm, I'm... Yeah. That probably <laughs> is going to happen. It is. Uh, it has potential to happen. All right, Julia. The pro line between the benches seats are as close to the action as you can get. You smell the sweat of the players, hear the rattling of the glass with each hit, and celebrate every goal shoulder-to-shoulder with our hometown team. Here's your chance to qualify to win these great seats. Caller number 10 right now will win these seats at 416-870-1050. That's 416-870-1050. The lines have been opened. Good luck to all, and uh, good luck to producer Steph, who now has to field a whole bunch of phone calls. So that should be fun for her. And uh, so, yeah, good luck. I I mean, those seats are fantastic. Isn't that where the hot dog guy was? Oh, my gosh, that that was so good. (laughs) That was so good. Hot dog guy is kind of in that range, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so good luck to all. Call number 10 once more. It's 416-870-1050. All right, on the other side, we're at the halfway mark. Let's bring it league-wide. Let's do a trophy tracker. 
We'll take a look at all the major awards and trophies and see who the front runner is for us. So we'll do that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tasheri. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I get my weed from California. Leaf Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Okay, yesterday officially marked the halfway point in the Toronto Maple Leaf season, and a lot of teams around the league are, are kicking right around the halfway point right now, so why not do much too early reactions to two <laughs> trophies to start this season? Oh, yes. It's not, not early. Much too early. It's, it's, it's the ra- halfway point. Exactly, so now is right? the time where we can start to feel rational. 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 There you in go. In our uh, bold prediction. We'll put rational in the Leafs Lunch Dictionary, though. Yeah, that could go. I'm kinda, yeah. You know when you're kind of stuffed up and nothing comes out right? That happens to me at least four or five times a week. You should have seen last week. I think Steph was producing. I was trying to think of the word common sense, and I couldn't think of the word sense. I'm like, common knowledge, common something, rather. That is hilarious. And I couldn't, and then we get off of off air, and right away, Steph's like, were you trying to say common sense? He's like, yes. That would have been so nice. Funny. I could have had that information in the while we were live. That would have been tremendous information. Right. That is the type of tremendous information I would like to have. Uh, I was searching for the word, and it just I couldn't get there. So yes, I know exactly how you're feeling. Where it's just sometimes, you know, your brain malfunctions. Just yeah. happens. It's the the cold meds. I think it's yeah. starting to wear on me. Okay, let's start with the heart trophy. Mm. This one's hard. <laughs> yeah, hard. Very, very difficult. Who might be the winner of the Hearts Trophy? Yeah, it's Connor McDavid. Yeah. I mean, leading in goals, assists, points. Like The guy's just on a whole different level of uh, of play than anyone else in the NHL. 33 goals, 76 points. He's on pace to go like over 150 points. It's, it's incredible the season that this guy's having. And uh, somehow they're not even guaranteed a playoff spot, though. Like, I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens. Like, right now they're on the out. They are Both right on Alberta the edge. teams. Like, what is going on? Yeah, like they've got, I believe they're in a, the final wild card spot as we speak. I'll be curious if they don't make the playoffs, though. Can he still, like, is he still going to win the heart? No. So they need to make the playoffs for him to win the heart. I'm just thinking of the way that voters vote. And I think that if they don't make the playoffs, it it won't be enough to sway people. Yeah, like how valuable could you have really been? How valuable can you have really been if you couldn't? If you Will and, your team to? I mean, and, it, it, it's it's so unfortunate. It's that unfortunate, they just, but that's what Drysital and and McDavid do. The whole their whole playoff run last year was made no sense. They weren't getting any goaltending. Oh, they weren't stupid. getting any help from anyone. Darnell Nurse was down. He was suspended for a minute there too, and he was yeah. It was a mess. But Drysital and McDavid on one ankle. Right, he was at like ten <laughs> percent capacity, but he was still trucking along out there. They threw the team on their back. And they made it happen. And and the way that team is constructed and the way that the Leafs are kind of constructed, their top guys have to be really good and have to be the difference makers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they got to get saves, which Jack Campbell has been doing that a whole lot this year. No. But I'm going to leave it at that. Also, though, they'll be getting Evander Kane back, I think, rather soon. Skinner had a crazy I game at so. one point this weekend, too. Stuart Skinner's been a, a nice revelation, I guess, for them. 
you know, he's he's kind of turning out to be their number one. A nice revelation, I guess, is his favorite compliment. A nice revelation, I guess. Yeah, like I mean, they're still they're they're hanging on to a playoff spot. Yeah. Like if they got better goaltending, more consistent goaltending, this is a team that should be comfortably in a playoff, especially in that division. So we'll see what happens there. But as of now, Connor McDavid certainly the heart uh, heart trophy one at the halfway mark. The Calder. This one's interesting, and I know that it's one you feel strongly about. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to overthink it. I noticed that we've omitted Logan Thompson, so we should we should mention him, even if he's having a little <laughs> bit of an oopsie right now. Not even on my top three ballot right now. He He's on... He's top three in odds, though, isn't he? Uh, I think he's like fifth or sixth now. Okay, he's dropped down a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not overthinking it. I'm going with Matty Beneers. Yeah. He's leading rookies in points. He got the all-star nod. He's been... He's he's been a real revelation for that Seattle Kraken team that is suddenly good and, yeah. and probably ruined your day on Friday because you had to talk about that five one yeah. loss to the yeah. Seattle well, Kraken. So it was weird. A Friday show was weird because you know you had to talk about the five one loss to Seattle, but at the same time Canada won the gold medal. Right. So it was like yeah, there's something to cheer about, and then also like yeah, there's this. So I think the Leafs kind of got away with a, a, a tough okay. game against Seattle because of the game, the gold medal game that most people were probably paying more attention to. But you're right, Matty Berniers has been a fantastic player. He's the number two overall pick in last year's draft, um, and I think he's going to be a good one. Like he's going to be a solid, solid uh, player for this team long term. But there's a goaltender out in Carolina right now, Peter. Kachetkov. And I mean, this kid's been unbelievable for uh, for the Canes. He's 10, 3, and 4. Three shutouts on the season, a 220 goals against, which is second in the NHL, a 919 save percentage, and 0.495 goals saved above uh, expected per 60, which is eighth in the National Hockey League. Um, so, like, his numbers are up there rivaling all the top goalies in the NHL. And this is coming off of he got hurt uh, throughout the Christmas break, so he missed, like, a, a couple weeks there. And then he hasn't played the same in his last two starts. Uh, so these numbers even have been taken down a peg because of those two starts that he's allowed, like, four in each of them. But prior to that, this kid was just on just playing like an all-star, actually, like on an all-star pace for the way that he was uh, winning games with, with the Carolina Hurricanes. But I think that Peter Kachekov, he deserves a lot of love right now. And I'm going to be on that train all season long if he can keep up this pace. You have a wager on that, don't you? No. You have not. had a wager on that. Oh, I've got wagers here. I've, I got Kachekov at a 100 to 1 wager back a couple of months ago. Right. Uh, and you and were hot and heavy like, on that. I remember me and Carlo in the office were like, okay, AB, you have a new hyperfixation of the yeah. week. Hey, he went from 100 to 1 to like 3 to 1 in the last little bit. He's now second shortest odds behind Beneers on FanDuel. Wow. So, eh, it could happen. If he ends up taking over as the number one and that team wins a division and Kachekov wins a whole bunch of games and keeps up these stats, he will certainly be in contention here for. Uh, for the Calder and you know, maybe beat out Berniers. Yeah, you I'm never hoping. know. You I'm never hoping. know. All right, the Norris, defenseman, best defenseman to this point in the season. Who you got? Uh, so there's going to be fatigue. This is a tough one. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. There's like four or five guys I debated on. And I find this trophy in general very difficult because it's so easy to just, who has the most points for a defenseman this year? Because that tends to be the way. And I don't think this is, I, I'm big on the team of, 
let's have a defenseman Selkie trophy and then uh, uh, yeah. Norris. Yeah, defensive and offensive, like split it into two different trophies. You know trophies. what I mean? I agree. Because it ends up being like who has put up the most points as a defenseman this year and handed to them without, uh, without fractoring in actual metrics that Defense. are vital for a defenseman. Uh, with that being said, I'm going exactly the opposite because if I if I really believed everything I just said, I'd be like Jacob Slavin or something like that. But right. really, I'm going to go Rasmus Dallin. And it's hard to say anyone but Kale McCarr, and Kale McCarr feels like a slam dunk. I will say that I you think there's going to be some... Go ahead. I, I like if I were to put together my ballot right now, I don't I don't think he hits my top three either. So is that because is that because you th- don't think he's one of the three best defensemen in the league, or is that because there's I just think there's other guys there. Well, you're, it it could be fatigue, it yeah. could be, but also the fact that I think other guys are just you know outperforming him right now, and that team is having a hard time, and also like these, injuries. Uh, they're also very narrative driven, right? So like there's some oh, like yes. Eric Carlson. This is the narrative driven guy where it's like okay, he's been poo for the last four years. <laughs> And now look at him. He's legitimately leading the entire NHL in points at 5-on-5. Five five. As a defenseman, and not just leading, he's got 36. Next best, Sidney Crosby with 30. He has six more points than any other player at 5-on-5. Five five. Despite that, though, he's not my choice. He could be. And a lot of people would probably put him in there. And it was very tough not to put him in there based sure on that narrative. I'm sure he'll be in there, yeah. But I've got it going to Adam Fox. And I know this is a guy who had just won, so potentially that voter fatigue could hinder him a little bit uh, when it comes down to it. But he's a guy who's second behind him in points. But you look at the defensive metrics, he's up there, and they've been terrific underlying numbers for him. So for me, you look at the offense and the defense combined into one, he might be one of the more well-rounded defensemen in the NHL. And for that, I think is why I gave him the nod. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, th- that one is, is interesting to me, again, because I think the trophy in itself is kind of... Uh, that one and the Jack Adams, but we'll get to that in a second. The Vesna. You want to go first? Yeah, I think Linus Olmark deserves uh, deserves recognition here for the Boston Bruins. Um, last night, actually, it might even be better at this point, but 22-1-1, he might be 23-1-1. I don't know if this... Uh, I would have to double-check to see if those numbers were from yesterday after the game that he played and won or beforehand. But regardless, uh, the guy doesn't lose, which is outstanding. Uh, he's got a 187 goals against, first in the NHL, and 938 save percentage, first in the NHL, 22.2 goals saved above expected, first in the NHL. Um, I mean, when you're when you're leading almost every single goaltending category there is, I don't see how you don't win the Vesna. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, it might be worth mentioning that Boston has been insanely good all season long, but no, of course, been a part of that. Yeah. I have Hellebuck here, and Hellebuck, maybe it's the off year that he had last year, seeing him bounce back from that is so promising. Yep, for sure. I asked you before we came on the air, so he has the second best uh, save percentage in the league right now behind Allmark, and he's played a little bit more than most guys in the league. He's played 30 games so far. He's he's tied with a couple guys for second. The only person that's played more is Jordan Binnington's played 31 games, and it's not a secret Hellebuck is... Winnipeg's been a lot better this year, and Winnipeg's really found a way to put it together without Hellebuck playing the way that he has to this point in the season. I don't know if we're talking about Winnipeg as this darling team the way that we kind of are. Who won the Vesna last year again? Could someone refresh it was Markstrom. my memory? Okay. Wasn't it? Markstrom who got yanked last night? I don't know if it was Markstrom or not, but so it's funny. So the way that you're going about it is 
potentially Hellbuck might be the more valuable goaltender to his team. And I remember this being the conversation last year because I... Oh, my God. It was Shesterkin. So. Okay, so Shesterkin ended up... Okay, so he did win the best. Yeah. So I was going to say, but there's been years where goaltenders have been in the running for MVP but not win the Vesna, which I find to be hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, this might be one of those where it's like, okay, I think Hellebuck might be more so considered an MVP candidate. Oh, that's a good point. Not, not necessarily he's not a Vesna candidate, because I think he is second I know what behind you mean, Allmark. Yeah. But it's like, you could make the argument, but the argument almost supports more of an MVP as opposed to the best goaltender in the league. Because of the way that the MVP in the NHL is as handed out. Value, right. Yeah. Being the most valuable player to his team. Right. And I think, uh, I, I want to say, if you look at goalie point share, which is a, an analytical statistic that Hockey Reference has, he is number one in all of goaltenders for goalie point share. So, And that's almost looked upon as a war metric, like wins above replacement in a way. It's not the exact same, but that's kind of how looked upon right so that that would also support that thesis the selkie well I'll just name it after yeah, him. It's, it's not the selkie it's the bergeron correct right so let's just call it the bergeron from here on out until he retires yes at the end of the day okay now we can be for the jack adams trophy we know can i quickly be- just go through some of bergeron statistics because i absolutely. think they're, they're absolutely sorry i thought you just wanted to be that like, mic drop yeah that. that wasn't as much of a mic drop <laughs> but his statistics are mind-blowing just to look because the guy's 37, 38 years old. Yep. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, 1.79 expected goals against per 60. First in the NHL. 1.15 actual goals against per 60. Second in the NHL to his line mates, Brad Marchand, who's at 1.14. Gives up the fourth fewest scoring chances against per 60. The second fewest high danger chances per 60, despite averaging the 18th most D-zone starts among all forwards per 60 minutes of play. It's absolutely astonishing what this guy does. And the way that this team turns defense into offense, um, it's just wild. The fact that Patrice Bergeron is so good at playing hockey on both ends of the ice. The Bruins in general. The Bruins are still Bruining without most of the Bruins that we knew as Bruins for the longest time. Part of that core. And it just makes Lee fans sweat because we know that the collision course is on for either Boston or Tampa and you have no idea which is a more favorable poison at this point. I don't yeah. know. We can't get into that. That's like a next week conversation. That Actually, might be a tomorrow conversation. Might be a tomorrow conversation. Another off Write that beliefs. down, Steph. Potential poll for tomorrow. Uh, Bruins or Lightning? Who you want in round one? Uh, the Jack Adams Award. We know the way that this award gets handed out. It's, uh, it's a team that's coming into the season looking a little ugly, and then they come out of the year looking shiny and fresh and new, and that's the way Jack Adams is handed out, essentially. Good teams don't really win the Jack Adams. I think there's a conversation to be had about Sheldon Keefe here, because I think Sheldon Keefe has been coaching his caboose off all Mm -hmm. season long. We heard that he kind of snapped after that first period in Detroit. I I think that he knows um, for all the times that maybe the media was questioning at the beginning of the year after he kind of snapped after that first game in Montreal and everyone was kind of thinking, was it too soon to do this? Is this the right call? The calling out of players and the walking back and, and all that hoopla. I think the word for it is hoopla at the beginning of the Love year. He word. knows what buttons to press and when to press them. And I think that we're seeing the fruition of that now. So I think, I, I don't think that he'll get any votes just like the way that I think John Cooper is one of the best coaches in the NHL and has never really had a sniff at the Jack Adams either. 
But if we're thinking the way that the voters think, Jim Montgomery is probably the guy, right? Yes, absolutely, 100%. And he, he checks out both both boxes. A, the team that's kind of surprising people. Boston, I, I, like no McAvoy to start the year, no Marshawn to start the year. We're all thinking, we're, we're JT, dancing on the grave. There was a point here where they fired their coach. Bergeron was technically a free agent, maybe yeah. on the verge of retiring. And we're thinking, is this team going to blow it up? Like, Pasternak's a free agent. Are they, could they trade these guys and do a retool? Like, what's the situation here with Boston? And they bring in Jim Montgomery. Jake DeBrusque decides to stay. And he's been he's been great. I think yep. he's injured now. But he's he's been great. And all of a sudden, you look at the standings 40 games in. They're 32-4-4. Four which is the best record since like the 1930s in the first 40 games of a season. They're on pace for 66 wins and 139 points, which would break records. Yeah, the more staggering thing to me is on pace for single-digit losses this season. It's <laughs> just insane. What? Absolutely mind-blowing. What? Yeah, I guess they'd be on pace for like eight or nine regulation losses. Regulation losses. Yeah. Ridiculous either way. <sighs> insane. Ugh, so yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Jim Montgomery gets uh, gets gets our Jack Adams. I would be shocked if he doesn't end up uh, end up winning that one. All right, congratulations. We have our winner, uh, Ben. Congratulations, Ben. This Friday, where you could win the Pro Line between the benches seats for January twenty third when the Leafs take on the Islanders. Pro Line merch, a seventy five dollar food and beverage gift card for Scotiabank Arena, and two fifty dollar OLG lottery gift card. So congratulations. To Ben, uh, hopefully, you know, on Friday, see if he can win uh, win that prize. Also, congrats to Justin Cahill. You've scored a pair of Leafs tickets to see the Leafs and Preds on January 11th. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram for your chance to win free Leafs tickets all season long. All right. One more lap around the track. Let's rock. Coming up next, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. Whoa, 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 check this out. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? When it goes down. Are you texting? Oh, yeah. It goes down in the group chat. We have these big group texts. It's very late and my friend is a little unstable. We're talking action and overreaction. We sent 97 unanswered texts in a five-minute span. Leafs Lunch presents... My phone vibrated itself off the desk. What's in the group chat? This group is hotter than hot. Leaf Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Welcome back, Leafs Lunch, Julie Tasheri, Mike DiStefano kicking off the week. A couple off days for the Leafs before they play on Wednesday, so we will entertain ourselves with a group chat. What is in the group chat? So, real quick, Tell you me. should have seen the group chat last night in the like the Overdrive Football Picks group chat. Yeah, how are things? Oh man, <laughs> are things tense? Like, is that a group chat that it's gotten? Oh god, like, you, you can't even a, that text is an it anymore. R, very R-rated group chat. I'll say that. But uh, it's almost the a good sign that it's R-rated because when things get really bad, the group chat just goes dark. Nobody's talking anymore in the group yeah. chat when things are really. If you're at least swearing at one another, at least it's a contact, right? 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, it's it's. I love getting into it with those guys. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and we have so much. All of us are very prideful human beings, and when we make a great selection, or they make a wrong selection and prove to be dummies, like Hayes did last night with his Packers pick, um, we get very prideful, and and you know they'll shoot stuff back at us, being like, "Hey, icebergs coming along," and then we'll shoot it back at them. Like yesterday, I don't know if you saw this on. Twitter, but Luke Wilson shot. He came into this studio. I saw. Sat in my seat, the seat that I am right with his in evil minion, Luke Jr. With Luke Jr., that's right. Another guy who likes to rock a top bun. And sat here and recorded a video basically calling O and I losers and trash and how the Titanic was sinking and how they were going to win when the Packers covered. Well, problem is, Lukey, Packers didn't cover. Mm-mm. And I made sure that he knew about that in the group chat. And uh, uh, we'll see. 4 p.m. comes is going to come quick because I guarantee you we're tied. Like the standings are tied after the regular 52 games. Each what are we the chose, odds of that? And we are tied. Yeah, 52 games you chose. There was some team switching involved. And, There's a lot and involved. That's it was neither a, here nor there. It was but a soap opera. It was. It was entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it's not over. Soap, soap opera. Not over. Let's get back to the Leafs, our favorite never-ending soap opera. Marner hit 500 points as a Leaf this weekend. Uh, it was it was the whole thing that came after it with Matthews grabbing the puck and pretending to throw it into the crowd. And, and Marner's face, too, when it went in. The closer Matthews got to him, it seemed like the more the smile grew on his face. It was a great moment. Uh, okay, this was floating around in text chains over the weekend. Marner will finish his career as a Maple Leaf. How do you respond to that text? You flushing it? You accentuating it? You liking it? Are you deleting the person who texted you that? Man, I mean, so I, I Marner might actually be the guy that I have the hardest time picturing playing anywhere else. Just because he's a local guy? Because he went from because he's a local guy, and he went from the London Knights, the mecca of junior hockey, the mini NHL of junior hockey, and we got our eyes on the London Knights today because apparently they have. Shane Wright sweepstakes, Stuff in the works. potentially. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if it's them or Barry. But they're always in the mix, and, and they're just that team in the OHL. And the Leafs are that team, and they're the mecca. We can sit here and be like, well, yeah, it's Leafs lunch. It's easy to say that they are. They are. They are the mecca of hockey in the world. He's from here. I have a hard time picturing Mitch Marner playing anywhere else. And maybe that's naive of me. Uh, will he finish his career as a Maple Leaf? I don't know. It's so rare for that to happen and. In in hockey today, I, I would like I would like this text message. Not like it with a thumbs up. I would like it with a heart. I think with a heart. I would you love, it. love it. You I would love, love it. Well, you would love for him to finish the leaf, but do you think it happens? I, I love guess. the thought, and I think of 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 the core. F- Ooh, no, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Of I because I, I'm not going to I'm I'm not including Tavares right now because he's riding it out as a leaf for sure. Uh. I think of him. Oh, I think of him, Nylander, and Matthews. I have the easiest time picturing Marner's leaf for the longest. That's yeah. what I'll say. So if I were to rank those three, I, I, I think I agree with you, but I think I'd probably go Marner, Matthews, then Nylander. Solely because like Nylander's contract comes due next year, along with Austin Matthews. Oh, don't worry, we've heard. Yeah, people keep tweeting it at me. I'm like, get this vile energy away from me. I don't want to hear about this. Yeah, and and I mean that's going to be an expensive expensive contract if he continues to perform at the way that he is this year, and it continues it into next season. 
I mean, we're we're talking much larger than the six point nine he's making right now. We're talking potentially as high as as double digits, especially if he does want to hit the the open market and see where that money is. And we saw the hard stance he took yeah. that when that contract went down. I mean, I I feel like he would want to go and see what's out there. So okay. for that reason, he'd be the last on on my list for guys who I think would be. Uh, but Marner, I think I give it a thumbs up as well. Yeah. Uh, Maybe leave it on red. Oh, Might God. leave it on red. Okay, we have to leave this energy <laughs> in the past. We have time for one more, I think. Okay, quick. Timmons is the eventual replacement. We've gotten lots of texts about this today, people liking one player over the other. Timmons is the eventual replacement for Justin Hall next season. Yeah, I'd give that a thumbs up. I would like that. I, yep. I think uh, I think that's a safe safe bet. I think there's more upside there. Yeah, I, I think um, what, what he showed dude. us, it was certainly way younger, 24 years old. Way higher, highly touted, higher touted prospect. He's got a, a a body that's more like Justin Hall than than the rest of the guys who they have as, as defensemen that's who could replace fair. him internally. So if there's any internal options to replace Justin Hall next year, who is uh, an impending free agent, I think Tim, you know, Timmons is probably the, the number one guy you would circle. I, I guess you could look at Lilligren as well. As that replacement, and then Simmons, Timmons would be like a third pair guy. Yeah, I guess that might be the the alternative. Would be a a Timothy Lilligren, but either way, one of those two. I'm I'm not sure they bring as as good as Justin Hall has played this year. I think we got to give him his flowers. Tough start, but he's kind of come along and he's played well. I think all things considered, he only makes two million dollars, which almost feels like a bargain for how he's played. Um, he's probably going to be due for an increase next year, which I don't know if they'll be able to pay him, in which case one of Timmons or Lilligram will probably end up being that uh, that replacement. So that, uh, I guess that's my answer on that I'm one. into it. I'm into up. it. All right, JT, good stuff. It was the first time we've been together in a little bit, but we'll be back tomorrow. We'll get right back at it. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on tsn1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with uh, Matty Cause coming up next.